this is the in focus podcast from the hindu welcome to the hindu's in focus podcast i'm zubeda hamid your host for today earlier this month the union education ministry told a parliamentary panel that the plan to serve breakfast to students in government schools had to be shelved as the finance ministry had refused to sanction the rupees 4000 crore that the program needs This refusal comes at a time when the country is facing a malnutrition crisis. Data from the latest National Family Health Survey shows an increase in stunting in 13 of the 22 states and union territories that were covered. As this was 2019 data, experts believe that food insecurity during the pandemic could have worsened, especially with the immense disruption in services such as midday meal schemes as well as due to economic distress. Where does India stand on addressing malnutrition? Have government schemes such as the flag- flagship program to address malnutrition, Poshan Abhiyan, worked? What have been the efforts made during the pandemic and what more needs to be done to address a problem that not only affects children but has long-lasting consequences upon the health and well-being of the nation? To address these questions and more, we have with us today Dr. Deepa Sinha, Assistant Professor, School of Liberal Studies, Dr. B.R. Ambedkar University, Delhi. Good morning Dr. Deepa Sinha and welcome to the Hindus in Focus podcast. Good morning Zubeda. Deepa over 9.27 lakh children in the country aged between 6 months and 6 years have severe acute malnutrition data from the government till November last year shows. While under 5 malnutrition has been endemic in India to what extent has the COVID-19 pandemic exacerbated this and how difficult will it be for us to reverse this curse? So firstly like you say uh, malnutrition has been a problem in India for long and uh, there had been some improvements between 2005 to 2016 uh, between the NFHS 3 and 4 uh, which were not as much as one had hoped for but it was still uh, in the right direction we have results from the NFHS 5 which was conducted in 2019 just before the pandemic uh, started Uh, the survey couldn't be completed in the entire country but there results for 22 uh, states which show that there seems to be a stagnation in this trend because many states uh, show a reversal where malnutrition actually increased now post the pandemic we actually don't have any nationally representative data to tell us what the impact on malnutrition has been but what we know from a number of surveys is that food security has been Uh, negatively impacted because of the lockdowns and the economic slowdown and at the same time the basic services uh, which direct uh, nutrition towards women and children have also been adversely affected like the school midday meals and icds so given all this given the economic distress and the slowdown in services what we know is that malnutrition must have been uh, overall malnutrition levels also Uh, would be uh, adversely affected uh, also given the fact that already there was a reversal in trend pre pandemic now this figure of over 9 lakh children being uh, identified as severe acute malnutrition actually for me shows uh, reflects not so much the increase in malnutrition but actually uh, the disruption in services because if you look at the severe acute malnutrition prevalence in the country based on the comprehensive uh, national nutrition survey or nfhs then one the estimate would be actually 10 times this number who would be sam children in our country so this 9 lakh is basically showing that identification is not happening 
uh, even if we say that they have not increased because of COVID and there are the same number of SAM children, then the system has identified only one-tenth uh, of those who are uh, severely malnourished. And we know that these children are at greater risk for mortality and disease. So this is actually worrying and points again to what I was saying that over the last year and a half, what one can expect has happened is that uh, malnutrition has increased and if not increased, definitely uh, has not reduced. There's no trend of reduction uh, that one can see. Deepa, you spoke about the uh, lack of services due to the lockdown. The pandemic uh, did disrupt Anganwadi services and led to schools closures affecting the midday meal scheme. Did this derail the gains that we managed to make between NFHS 3 and 4? So, uh, once again, uh, that is the speculation. I mean, we don't have representative data. But like I said, the gains were already derailed uh, if you go by the limited data we have for 2019. And we know anecdotally and from very small surveys and a number of case studies that because these Anganwadi uh, and school meal services have been closed, that children are uh, worsely affected because the entire uh, household food uh, security has reduced. This was one meal that children would get, uh, which was of uh, reasonable quality and which was guaranteed. Even that has not been happening in most places. And also other services of Anganwadi also have not been happening, like growth monitoring, referral, uh, and so on. So one of the reflections being that very few children with SAM have been identified. Uh, so with uh, all of this happening, one could again imagine uh, that there has been uh, an increase in malnutrition and therefore we will not reach the goals that the government in, of India has set for itself at various times or the SDGs and so on. We've definitely moved away from that trend. Uh, of course, India is not exceptional in this. There is now a lot of global evidence also coming out that uh, the pandemic has had a negative impact on food security and malnutrition, not just in poor countries, in the advanced countries as well. Uh, I think where uh, we are, what needs to be thought of is to first accept uh, that there is a food security malnutrition impact of the pandemic and therefore business as usual is not enough and something more needs to be done. The government has made certain efforts towards uh, tackling the problem of midday meal schemes in terms of trying to provide um, uh, household delivery. Has this worked well? So in the midday meal scheme, there are two kinds of things that the government has done. Uh, on behalf of the central government, quite soon, uh, in March itself, in 2020, they came out with a notification that following the National Food Security Act, uh, midday meals is a guaranteed legal entitlement and so they must continue in one form or the other. What the central government suggested is that it could either be in the form of a cash transfer equivalent of uh, the money that would have been spent on the cooking costs and the ingredients or in the form of uh, dry rations for children. Now, most states opted for the cash transfer route. And uh, what we find is that they've been quite irregular and also it's uh, accessing banks and so on has been difficult. And the bigger issue has also been that the amount of the cash transfer has been very small. So, for instance, in Delhi, an upper primary uh, child would get something like 125 rupees per month. Now, that translated into the cooking cost norms of the government multiplied by the number of working days in the month. Uh, but when you are uh, giving that cooking cost 
using that cooking cost to give meals to children uh, it is not exactly the same thing because there are economies of scale schools buy in bulk um, and uh, they cooking in bulk the same amount given individually to each child does not translate into the same amount of food or the same quality of food uh, it becomes a very small amount and then there are the transaction costs involved in actually going to the bank and withdrawing people didn't even know when it's coming it didn't come regularly every month in contrast some states where they gave take home rations uh, so where they, they, they made a package again delhi did a few months of cash transfers and a few months of take home rations rajasthan had uh, dry rations odisha had dry rations a number of uh, southern states had dry rations in these states it has been seen that it was relatively better because at least um, there was a package so there were cereals there was either dal or chana or some kind of pulses there was some oil uh, and so on and this of course it went into the households uh, uh, food pool uh, and got shared but it added to Uh, the food that was added available at the household and that made a contribution and people also this was more accessible it was local in the village uh, something that there was a demand for so if we overall look at uh, the state of midday meal distribution during the pandemic um, it has been unsatisfactory but there have been two models one has been the cash transfer model and the other has been dry rations relatively dry ration has been better but even there the regularity has uh, suffered many children have not been covered uh, the right to food campaign did a survey a hunger watch survey in 11 states uh, in october 2020 where uh, we found that in that month only uh, about 50% 49% of children who were eligible for midday meal said that they got either dry rations or cash transfers right Deepa, the government of India has established over one thousand nutritional rehabilitation centers, which aim to treat children with severe acute malnutrition and also provide counseling to parents about age-appropriate feeding. Could you talk to us a little bit about how these have functioned? So, uh, nutrition rehabilitation centers usually attached to the primary health center or a district hospital or a, a CHC are for children who are severe acute malnourished. That is, that they're severely wasted, very thin. Uh, which is uh, supposed to be um, uh, showing a higher risk for mortality and these are children who have lost appetite and usually also have some uh, infection because of their high levels of malnutrition and therefore need hospital care uh, in patient care for whom nutrition rehabilitation centers are set up first thing that we need to understand is that of all sam children also it is only about 10 to 15% Uh, of the sam children who need inpatient care the rest are treated in the community these are the really high risk children who have infection who don't have an appetite who are not able to eat who are taken to the nutrition rehabilitation centers so they are very important but they really address the very severe uh, cases in again uh, and and for them they've been very important and pre pandemic uh, when these nrcs uh started being set up in india at a large scale uh in as part of nrhm in the mid 2000s and there have been a number of studies conducted by various academic uh, uh, organizations as well as uh, unicef and so on which have so, uh, shown that for these high risk children they're quite effective in uh, addressing the sam in those two weeks uh, that the children are uh, there 
but also even those studies show and that's why i was telling you that the community rehabilitation is also important because even those children who are admitted in nrcs when they come back into the community if there is no follow up and if they get back to the same situation of food insecurity then the risk of them again becoming sam becomes very high uh, so an nrc has to be assessed not just by how many nrcs are available and what is happening in the nrcs but also what is happening in the community to the remaining 85% children as well as these children who be admitted in nrcs what is the follow up that happens when they come back uh, into the community now during the pandemic both of these were affected firstly we saw that uh, last year during the national lockdown and immediately after the nrcs were just shut um, and uh, they were not functional they were not available at all and like we discussed earlier the anganwadis who are supposed to identify the sam children and refer them to the nrcs those uh, services were also reduced and therefore referrals have also been uh, very low again if you look at the mis data of the national health mission uh, and if you compare the year 2019-20 to 2021 and look at the number of admissions in nrcs you find that in 2021 the number of admissions are half what they were in 1920 once again 2021 is a year of crisis and you one would think that there would be more sam children in 2021 compared to 1920 uh, so if the admissions have become half uh, and these like i said are admissions of children who are at high risk uh, one can only imagine what must have happened to those children in the community secondly with the shutdown of anganwadi services and increasing food insecurity in the community also the community services were not available and therefore even these 50% of the admissions that happened we don't know what happened to them once they came back uh, we don't uh, know if the anganwadis have been identifying them giving them additional uh, they're supposed to get double the rations that the icds gives all of these services have been uh, disrupted Uh, again from very small surveys and uh, anecdotal field experiences we know that children have been worse affected particularly in poor uh, regions uh, through this whole pandemic uh, so nrcs are important they are there but they have not been functional for most part of last year deepa you spoke to us about how uh, severely malnourished children have higher mortality could you Tell us a little bit about the long-term impacts of malnutrition on a child and on a family. When we uh, talk about malnutrition, the reason we focus on children also is that malnutrition sets in in early childhood, and also the mental and physical growth of an individual happens at the fastest rate and the maximum in this age group of zero uh, to two or three. um i mean research has shown that uh, the most of the brain development that happens happens at, in this early childhood period uh, that also that it is very difficult to reverse the malnutrition that sets in uh, during early childhood period later in adulthood there are other periods like adolescence where there's a growth sp- uh, spurt uh, there is also intergenerational impacts of uh nutritional interventions at later stages in life but still uh, it is seen that this early uh, childhood is a very important period that determines uh, adult outcomes as well and uh, nutrition is an important uh, input at in this period so there are a number of uh, studies which have followed uh, people over a long period 
across the world which have shown that uh, malnutrition in this uh, early childhood period has uh, various effects in adult life also like uh, and firstly it is reflected in lower adult heights uh, which is then reflected uh, on an average uh, in poor lower productivity greater susceptibility to illness poorer life expectancy uh, and therefore also overall impact on national uh, incomes and so on so there are studies which show that each additional percentage increase in stunting during childhood uh, means a reduction in your uh, in how much gdp growth can happen over a long period of time so it affects the individual child and the entire uh, community as well because what we are doing is that we are not giving enough inputs to children uh, so that they are able to grow up to their physical and mental potential uh, in adulthood and like i said it's very difficult to reverse it once it sets in in india additionally uh, early childhood uh, it's it's not just early childhood it is from the time of conception because the mothers are also malnourished and that's why the first 1000 days is what Uh, people talk about which is from conception to age 2 that this is a very critical uh, period as far as malnutrition is concerned and therefore the uh, health of the mother as well as the health of the child and now there is more and more evidence coming out to say that the health of the mother not just during pregnancy but in fact during adolescence and therefore it is intergenerational uh, in that sense there is a life cycle uh, approach that one needs to take and address every age group at the same time early childhood is a is priority and most important because that's when uh, the foundations for uh, the entire life period are set deepa earlier this year a niti aayog report revealed that states have not used even half the budget allocated for the center's flagship program poshan abhiyan which aims to improve nutritional outcomes in children could you talk to us a little bit about this the poshan abhiyan uh, flagship program like you said uh if you look at the poshan abhiyan document it says a lot of uh, things which are in the right direction which many people working on nutrition uh, have been saying must be done for a long time for instance it talks about convergence it talks about bringing together the various determinants of malnutrition and planning for all of them uh agriculture gender sanitation water health services and so on uh that because all of this affect finally what the nutrition outcomes uh, are uh the poshan abhiyan also talks about having uh, regular targets and monitoring uh, what is happening to stunting wasting uh, underweight and so on so all of these are very positive on the other hand but if you look at what is it actually meant on the ground uh, before coming to your issue of the money not being spent um uh what what is what is it that poshan abhiyan put its money behind while it said all of this there was no budgets for improving quality of supplementary nutrition for instance there were no budgets for improving services in anganwadi there were no budgets for improving the remuneration of anganwadi workers the budget was largely there for two kinds of things and of the money that is spent you find that over 70% was spent on these two items one uh, is Uh, information education communication iec campaigns and uh, the somewhere the understanding behind these campaigns is that uh, much of nutritional uh, issues is to do with lack of awareness 
behavioral issues and therefore if you have campaigns if you tell people they must exclusively breastfeed or they must eat diverse diets it is somewhere that people don't know that they have to do these things and therefore you have these IEC campaigns and people uh, will uh, change their behaviors uh, while IEC is important awareness is important again uh, one has found uh, in various uh, interventions across the country and in fact the world also they cannot be done in an isolated manner because while awareness is a problem food insecurity is as much a problem um, affordability is a problem so you cannot just by telling people they need to eat better hope to improve diets but that is where a lot of the money in Poshan Abhyan went into these campaigns some at local levels some also uh, at national levels so advertisements uh, billboards and so on the other uh, component on which the money was spent was on digitizing the ICDS services. Once again, this is uh, there's nothing wrong with it. If it helps Anganwadi workers provide their services better and uh, improves their uh, service delivery, that's something uh, that is good. Uh, and so what uh, this component was, was to basically give smartphones to all Anganwadi workers. And the thought behind that was that currently a lot of time of Anganwadi workers goes in record maintenance. And uh, by giving the smartphones that it would make it more efficient because they could immediately enter data there and also make better use of the data because the uh, app has certain features which can aid and help the Anganwadi worker by, for instance, if she enters the height and the weight, that the app will tell her whether the child is malnourished or not. The app will give her alerts on who are malnourished children, who she needs to visit, who is due for immunization and so on. So these things can work and they would be helpful. That is where the money has been spent. Uh, once again, uh, it has been quite tardy to the implementation training has not been great and in many places we find that Anganwadi workers are using both the app as well as using uh, registers and the bigger issue again on this expenditure is then what is happening to the data because it is not just a question of monitoring whether Anganwadi workers are doing their work or not this could also become a source of regular data for uh, the government to plan at the district level at the state at the national level because there are many big variations and you can't have the same strategy across the country. So for long in nutrition, this issue of getting regular data has been something of concern. The Poshan Abhyan tried to address that using these uh, ICDS CAS, it is called, but we have not seen data from ICDS CAS um, so far anywhere, uh, like consolidated. There is a recent Poshan dashboard that they have started, uh, which gives you daily numbers on how many children have got take-home rations and how many Anganwadis have been open or so on. But again, if you look at the dashboard, it's very limited. It cannot really be used for analytical uh, purposes by even program people in the government. So going back to your question, if you look at Poshan Abhyan, while uh, the, the uh, objectives are quite laudable, uh, the focus has been quite limited to IEC and uh, digitization and there are issues with both of these. Uh, and given that context and so it, it did not really take off in that way, uh, the money allocated was already less and then only half of that has been uh, spent. What would rather have probably been important along with the Abhyan is to actually strengthen the services. So 
during this period while you have the poshan abhiyan you also see that in real terms the budgets allocated for icds have actually been going down over the last 5 6 years so the main uh, while this is your flagship program the flagship uh, scheme through which this program can be implemented finally it is anganwadi workers the platform is the icds through which all the interventions of poshan are supposed to happen uh, that platform is being weakened on the one side then uh, portion doesn't have anything to stand on so it uh, it had to go hand in hand with strengthening the icds strengthening the midday meal strengthening all these various schemes that contribute to better nutrition and then portion could be this overarching kind of uh, mission that is bringing about convergence which is monitoring the whole issue at the highest level and also keeping the issue alive which is also very important unfortunately as of now portion has not played uh, that role and we don't see that kind of uh, even now as they're talking about portion 2.0 we don't see it going in that direction deepa recently the government said in the rajya sabha that the breakfast and school program which they had planned had been shelved because the finance ministry couldn't spare 4000 crores a year for it how important could this intervention have been in addressing malnutrition breakfast is uh, Uh, it's it would have been very uh, good if they had uh, accepted this proposal of the ministry um firstly 4000 crores is not a very big amount exactly for the country it's really a small amount to say that we don't have that money but if you think about how many benefits it could have then it's it's really peanuts so uh, where does the idea from the breakfast come Firstly there are again a lot of evidence which shows that many children who come to government schools and we are seeing that increasingly it is children of the poor and the marginalized communities who are disproportionately accessing government schools and while there is a midday meal scheme children uh, often are don't eat anything before they come to school so the first 2 3 hours of uh, education that is happening is happening on an empty stomach and one of the um, advantages of the midday meal scheme is also was also supposed to be that it is, addresses the issue of classroom hunger that children are not uh, sitting hungry if if you're hungry then you can't even learn uh, so it, while midday meal contributes to that it happens later in the day and many children don't eat anything but their first meal is the midday meal a breakfast would have uh, addressed this also that it is i mean a breakfast is an important meal like all of us know otherwise the gap is very long uh, you know even if you take just this example of uh, these muzaffarnagar japanese and subliters deaths a few years back among children it came out there that one of the reasons why the lichies were causing whatever they were uh, was also because children were hypoglycemic that they had not eaten since previous evening for a very long period so that breakfast meal is an important uh, meal additionally now post covid like we have discussed given that there is probably more food insecurity and even more hunger and less food at home the breakfast becomes even more important uh, because you can expect more children to come hungry to school uh, it it also something that will bring children back to school which is something we need to think about because we know that covid has resulted in many children uh getting out of the school system as well so that would have been a very important intervention states like pondicherry where they give it we know that uh, it works and it's very useful and like i said in the beginning 4000 crores is nothing uh for this just one point that i would like to add here is that there's a recent ifpri study which shows 
uh, that midday meals don't uh, are not just helpful for addressing hunger at that point of time but actually uh, contribute to reducing intergenerational malnutrition because children if they get food uh, during the adolescence period uh, the girls especially are uh, healthier uh, women and they have healthier pregnancies so it has long term effects for children for the entire society for the economy uh, at such small investments uh, so i really hope that the government reconsiders its decision on this lastly deepa could you talk to us a little bit about how different states have dealt with malnutrition you mentioned before that one policy can't apply to the whole country because of wide differences what are some successful models uh, that have worked so there's a long history of uh, addressing malnutrition programs in the country and uh, there have been various successes and failures uh, to try and give a short answer firstly uh, malnutrition also gets affected by various social determinants so states which have invested in women's education delaying child marriage overall health like say tamil nadu kerala uh, more recently karnataka these have done well uh states have also invested in the icds program like say karnataka has a cooked meal uh for uh pregnant women telangana has a cooked meal um these have also contributed uh certain states have uh, malnutrition missions like madhya pradesh and so on so uh, maharashtra where they focused on uh malnutrition and put in more money and uh time there so overall where it has been a multi pronged strategy where food security issues have been addressed where gender uh, issues have also been taken care of while strengthening uh these direct nutrition interventions like icds midday meal pds there we have seen uh, some success and we have different states which have done all of this and some states which have done only a few of these things uh but just if you look at it uh, overall where you do more of these things uh, a mix of all of this is where it has worked so tamil nadu for instance is seen as one of the best practices but uh, there they began in the 70s itself uh with uh, the tamil nadu integrated nutrition program and then followed up where it's also a big political issue on uh what is given in the pds what is given in the midday meal and so on so they give eggs five days a week in the midday meal for instance many states have now added eggs many have not so all of these interventions add on and contribute to reducing malnutrition thank you so much for speaking to us today deepa it was a real pleasure thank you in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon